the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we see every day, every hour, the need for people to fulfill the obligations of that most important political office. If you want things like your freedom, the right to elect your leaders, country, borders, uh, taxes you can pay, and so on. Uh, criminals off the street, little things like that. Uh, you need to uh, fulfill those obligations. I'm joined by my uh, guest co-host today, Ken White. And uh, I've known Ken for some time, and he is a former police officer, both in the Air Force and then in the civilian ranks. And he's a patriot and has his own show called the Southside Unicorn. Maybe we'll ask him how, why that, where that name came from. And you can reach, find that podcast and that show at the Southside Unicorn Show.com. Welcome to the show, Kenny. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, please do. Um, that was I, quite an introduction. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, I'm actually in the studio for the first time in probably almost a year now, and it's a whole long story. I've had a whole series of technical issues this morning, which I won't bore the audience with, but... We're now in the afternoon, normally record in the, mo- in the late morning, and we're now ready to record. And I've spent the entire morning dealing with these other uh, other technical issues. So thanks for hanging in with me, Ken, and adjusting your schedule. The uh, first subject I want to talk about, and I've been eager to talk about it in the, for the last couple of days here, and that is the uh, Chauvin trial. And there's two aspects of that that, we're get- oh, yeah. that we want to dis- discuss. Is first... Whether, okay. the, whether the man received a fair trial. And second, then we, we may express our opinions on what we think the outcome of a, of a fair trial should be. The, what we've seen is the Democrat Party and its allies and its minions have been developing a workarounds to the First Amendment. Gover- at this point, the government can't come in and lock you up and send you to labor camp to make Apple phones or Nike shoes because of what you say. That day may come in America, but not yet. So to restrict speech, they've done a whole series of, of workarounds to restrict freedom of speech from big dem tech censorship of any ideas or information that they don't want out to using threats and intimidation to you actual violence by their brown shirts in Antifa and Black Lives Matter to uh, economic warfare that if you say the wrong thing, they can use that to try to get you fired or they'll boycott your business. All all, and sometimes it's just general nastiness. And I've seen this online where they call you all sorts of vile, vicious names now, I just let it roll off. I consider the source or sources and let it roll off my back. But for a lot of people, they just don't want to, they just don't want to deal with that. And I had a, there's a woman that I knew and she was online. She, she commented and supported with something I said. And then some lefty says, you are a stain on humanity. And she got, she, she just kind of backed wow. off from that. So you have this whole series of things that they're doing to teach the lesson that the safest and easiest course of action is to shut up unless you're expressing the Democrat Party talking points of the day. And what we've seen here in the Chauvin trial is the same kind of constitutional workaround to your right to a fair trial. Yeah, you still have to have a trial. You still have to have a jury, although people have said that they don't even need a Chauvin shouldn't even gotten a trial. But yeah, they had a trial. But what what have they done? Is every juror who was questioned said that he or she was afraid of 
violence depending on the outcome of the case. You have to be afraid for their families of what's going to happen to them. And even if they're not the subject of violence, will their, their, will their homes be vandalized? Will their children be harassed? Will they be held up in the, will the whole city go up in flames? And the answer is, if it had been the other way, if he had been acquitted, the answer is almost certainly not only Minneapolis, but other big cities across the country would have gone up in flames again. So when you have that, so when the jurors have that in the back of their minds, there's no way the man, anyone can get a fair trial. And maybe you think Chauvin should be convicted and that's, we can have that discussion. But any of us could be in, the, in his shoes. Any of us could be the subject of, of a case where the Democrat mob decides we need to be convicted and uses these kind of tactics to intimidate the, to, the, the jury. Your turn. Greg, you said something really important there. You said that any one of us could be Chauvin at any given time. Well, the irony to this situation that we're watching unfold before our eyes, African-Americans were subjected to this less than 100 years ago. If a black person was brought before a magistrate, oh, it was a wrap. I mean, they would would literally tell the people, go in and and deliberate and come back out with a good verdict, right? We We know the injustices of the past. So I'm saying that, Greg, to say this. I watched what unfolded. And I saw Maxine Waters the day before deliberation as a congressional member put a finger on the scale. She literally told Lady Justice, if you don't do what we want you to do, we're going to beat you up. So technically, they took the blindfold off of Lady Justice and turned it into a pouch. And now we have kangaroo courts. That's my opinion. No, and I think you're right. And it, was, and it wasn't just one nutty congresswoman. So if, if that was the only thing, if it was just Maxine Waters, I think a lot of jurors would, okay, you know, screw her, uh, figuratively, of course, that, uh, okay, we can ignore crazy Maxie. But it wasn't just her. Mm-hmm. It was the entire media. It was the, you, you saw the courthouse was surrounded and guarded, and they saw what happened over the summer. And they had every reason to believe and that, and they, even before when they were being picked for the jury, they all said that they were, that they were concerned for their safety. Yes. I, yes. I just think you know, that, that, that given all that, given the riots that were actually allowed to happen over the summertime, is that, that, that case had to be moved to get a fair trial. There's no way that in that environment you, you, that, that the man could get a fair trial. And that's important in our system. Everyone is entitled to that fair trial because, as we, talk, as we said, that could be any of us at some point in the, in the defendant's shoes, and we're going to want a fair trial. Exactly. And, and you know, my feelings about uh, Chauvin... Growing up on the south side of Chicago, and, and here's, the, I guess, this is the duality of my life. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and, and so I saw some things. I saw law enforcement do things they had no business doing. But I also believe in America. I love this country. And when you look at the intent of America through the Constitution, its intent, this is a beautiful nation deserving of a just and moral people. Chauvin is, is, a, is, a, is a, a low life to me. Uh, he tarnished the badge. He had a history of inappropriate behavior throughout his career. However, however, I needed to see him have a fair trial because if we don't treat the people we don't like fairly, we're all in trouble. Yes, just like speech is... You're the for free for there to be freedom of speech, you have to allow freedom for the speech that you most detest, that you most object to. Yes. Because once you start down that path of of saying, "Well, he doesn't really need a fair trial," or that those those comments, those ideas, that information is so bad, so vile, so wrong that it shouldn't be allowed to be expressed. There is no stopping point. Exactly. I mean, that's that's when and, 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 and you know, I, I hope I'm not putting the cart before the horse, but that's part of why I'm, I'm very concerned 
that they're about to stack the Supreme Court because someone once said to me uh, at a rally in Beaumont, he was from Cuba. And he said, if we lose America, where else can we go for freedom? Now, to expand on that, if Joe Biden is successful in stacking the Supreme Court, when there are these gross injustices throughout the circuit courts, where are we going to be able to go to remedy our justice? This is getting bad. That's true. And if they stack it, it won't just be there won't be a remedy. They'll be they'll be wholesale making up stuff. So all everything that the in the, in the Democrat Party agenda They'll just enact through the through the Supreme Court if they're if they are able to get that, and if there were just no, if, and, and I'd like to ask you a question, Greg. Sure. If they do that, where, will there be any other place we can go to get redress, or is that going to be pretty much it? Well, in terms of the Constitution, then that is they they have acquired for themselves and the ultimate the power to ultimately arbitrate what the Constitution means. And they can, as they have in the past, just made up stuff. And if you put four more left-wing activist judges on there, um, you can imagine someone like uh, Elon Omar put on the Supreme Court. Or... Okay, you're a lawyer. If if I'm not mistaken, you, you you practice law, right? That is correct. Okay, here's a question that I've been. I'll get it right somebody. one of these days. Is it true? <laughs> You'll get it right one day. Yeah, okay, I'll keep practicing. Is it true you don't have to be a lawyer to be on the Supreme Court? Correct. Wow. I heard that, but I couldn't believe it. I thought you'd have to have some association with the law to sit on the Supreme Court. No, nope, there's that's not in the Constitution, and there's there there is there is no such requirement. I don't know of. If it's ever happened that there's been a non-lawyer on the Supreme Court, I never heard of that. But there is no such requirement, and depending on the on the right person, I'm not even sure that that might even be a uh, better to have. If you had the right person with the right philosophy on the on the court, then that might even that might even be better than having another lawyer. On the, on the on the on the court. Anyways, let's let's take a break here and hear from our sponsor, and we'll dive back into the, to the Chauvin trial and on the merits of it. And I think we're gonna I think you and I are gonna differ on that, but uh, that's quite okay. After this word from okay. Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. We're back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Uh, My guest host this week is Ken White. He's a former police officer both in the Air Force and in the civilian sector. And we were discussing in the first our first segment, the Chauvin trial and whether he received a fair trial or not. And there we agreed that he did not get a fair trial. And we're going to discuss the evidence as we both perceive it in this section, I think we may have some differences. In any, you know, from the get-go, you saw this video, and it looked horrible, the guy looked like he's leaning on his neck, and the guy expires and dies under that process, like he'd been strangled by pressing on his neck, and almost the entire country was, yep, this guy's guilty, he's guilty, 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 okay. But we have trials, 
The reason why you have trials is you don't just look at one video or part of one video. You get to look at all of the evidence. All of the witnesses are on this, are get to be are subject to being cross examined. The defense gets to come in and present their witnesses and their evidence, and then and only then is the jury supposed to draw decide what the evidence is and whether the state in a criminal case has met its burden of proving every element of the offense that's been charged beyond a reasonable doubt. So therefore, I think think we're totally in agreement and probably 90% of the country is in agreement up to that point. So I looked at it, and I, my my reaction was, "Yep, the guy's guilty." Yep, the guy's guilty. Um, I didn't just watching it. I didn't think he was trying to kill Floyd, but it looked like he it looked like he had had been at least negligent or had been maybe guilty of manslaughter. But at the trial, what we learned is first thing in any homicide case is the government has to prove that the defendant caused the decedent's death. And absent that, there is no homicide of any kind. Manslaughter, first-degree murder, second-degree murder, anything. There is no homicide unless you prove the defendant caused the decedent's death. And and just on that point right there, I believe the government failed its case. That the, uh, the, uh, the evidence, there was no evidence that the man was strangled or asphyxiated or died from lack of oxygen. During that process, of his, his heart stopped beating and he stopped breathing, but that was because he had nearly four times the, the what could be a fatal level of fentanyl in his system. So the and then the video showed, no, the officer did not have his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck; he had it on his upper back. Oh, as we look at all the evidence, not just the one video that was played over and over again, but all of the evidence and other video, oh, we, we, see, we start to see a different story. And there was no, the, they kept backtracking, well, it wasn't the neck, it was the neck area, and then backtrack from that, well, maybe he should have rendered aid sooner, um, backtracking on that. So I think the, the, the state, Utterly failed that key element. The next part is Chauvin used a non-lethal method of restraining a resisting a suspect resisting arrest, putting him down on the ground and putting the knee on the back that was authorized by the department. He had been trained to use that technique by the department. So there was, I could see no criminal intent or even any negligence in the man just doing and following the procedures that he had been taught. They had called 911 and asked for an ambulance for the man. So I, if I was on the jury, um, I, would, uh, I would suck it up and, and tell the mob, you know, I, I, will, I will not be afraid. The state has not met its burden of proof. Your chance to disagree. Well, I do. Uh, I mean, you laid that out perfectly. I mean... Clinically, you're right. I mean, if, if you just, you know, do it antiseptically, you're absolutely right. But, you know, they say politics is downstream from, you know, the people and perception. Let me let me go in this direction real quick. I agree that Chavin was overcharged. I believe he was overcharged. And what I mean by that is, was it murder? Uh, the burden could not be met in a in a clinical sense, as you just laid out. But now let me let me expand on this for a moment. Yes, that was an approved technique that he used. Well, I remember Brasenio using a PR twenty four on a young man named uh, um, uh, help me with it, Rodney the, King, the Reginald Denny, uh, Rodney King. There it is. I recall you know Brasenio using that same type of a technique. On Rodney King. However, it's when it's applied, is it reasonable? Uh, when I was trained on the PR 24, you're not supposed to strike a person in their head with a PR 24. On that sad video, how many times did Rodney King take one to the head? He got, he got what we call the mahogany shampoo. Uh, using that as the ideal, yes, the technique that Chauvin deployed is an approved technique to an extent. 
as the as the uh, level of force needs to escalate or in the heat of battle. There is, and while a person is still dangerous, whether they're cuffed or uncuffed, the heat of battle is somewhat done. It's somewhat arrested, no pun intended, when you have cuffs on your subject. At that point, it's custody and care. You did mention that he may have had he may have had enough fentanyl in him to cause his death, which when I was a prisoner transport officer, we transported a woman all the way from um, Oxnard all the way down to the Riverside County jails. But the jails wouldn't accept her from us because she needed a methadone treatment that wasn't administered to her before she left. We ended up over at the Riverside uh, Hospital until she could get her methadone uh, treatments done. Once that prisoner's in your care and custody, their life, their very life is in your hands and your responsibility. When it comes to the human being, it's the ABCs, Greg. It's airway, breathing, and circulation. When that man, that scumburger, Mr. Floyd, said, I can't breathe, I'm, I'm having a problem here. Well, that's when your role switches. You're no longer a restorer. You're a rescuer. Chavin failed to transition. He failed to transition. He stayed frozen in the knee-on-the-neck format while this man was in distress of his ABCs. He was unable to breathe. I've had situations like that. And what I've done is, because, you know, obviously sometimes it can be a deploy. It can be a, a decoy. And I look the subject in the face and I'm like, if you're messing with me, if you're playing with me, this is going to get a whole lot worse. However, now I'm going to ease back and, and deal with you differently because you might be having a problem. Chavin failed that test of a peace officer at that moment where even the conscience of the public was shocked. They're pleading with him. They're trying to portray that public as an angry mob. That's actually unfair and, and, and insulting. Those were regular American citizens who were shocked at the depraved indifference and the cruelty under the color of authority that Chavin was deploying. Real quick, in New York, I can't remember what year. Hopefully somebody will Google it and bring it to both of us. I believe it was in 1976 or 1974, a woman was being beaten and raped in New York City. She was crying for help. She went to a man's door and asked him to help her. He looked out the window and refused to help her. That gang continued to beat and assault her. I believe she died. But the same neighbors saw him come out about 30 minutes later and give a saucer of milk to a cat. That man was prosecuted for depraved indifference. I believe that Chavez should have been charged properly so that we could have reached a, a fair outcome. But as you said earlier in the show, the Democrats are charging emotions. They're doing an end around the Constitution. They're doing an end around our justice system to, in effect, they want a motley coup. They want they want Botany Bay. So, you know, Chavin is a terrible person. Is he guilty of murder? We'll never know now. Well, we'll see what happens on appeal as to whether or not the Court of Appeal is going to be equally intimidated and not want to see mass rioting, looting, and, and pillaging again uh, if, they, if they overturn the verdict. So I'm going to actually, so did Chauvin cause, are you satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt that Chauvin caused Floyd to die? No. Well, then, I, I, then, then, okay, I, okay I, hang I on. I can't say that. Then you must acquit. Mm-hmm. Then you, if you were a juror, your du- legal duty would be if, if the state has not proven that Chauvin caused Floyd to die beyond a reasonable doubt, your duty as a juror is to acquit. If it don't fit, you must acquit. I agree. I've heard that somewhere before. I wonder why I've heard that before. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but that's the problem of the overcharging, Greg. That's that was my point. But any any homicide, any homicide charge, whether it's manslaughter, murder, anything, any any of those degrees of those crimes, requires as one one of the the essential element, the state has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant caused the decedent's death. Absent that proof, and I believe that I think you just agreed with me, the state did not prove that. That means Chauvin, whether we handle the situation or not correctly or well, different story. But he's not guilty of any homicide unless the state can prove, beyond a reasonable doubt, that 
he caused Floyd's death. And I'll give you a chance to respond when we turn for our next segment, the third segment of Unite, i.e. radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that is accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined as a guest co-host today, uh, Kenny White, who is uh, he's a former police officer both in the Air Force and in the civilian sector. Uh, he also has his own show, The uh, Southside Unicorn. You can find that show at thesouthsideunicornshow.com. We've been kicking around the uh, Chauvin case in our first half hour, both whether the man received a fair trial and what we think that the result should have been if there was a fair trial. And I was commenting towards the end, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, to reply. My point is, and I think you agreed, that the state did not prove to either of our satisfactions beyond a reasonable doubt that Chauvin caused Floyd's death, and if so then the the proper verdict is to acquit because there can be no homicide, manslaughter of any kind, or murder of any kind, unless the state proves beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant caused the decedent's death. And I get, and you didn't, before our break, you didn't have a chance to reply to that. So go. Here we go. You know, I, I think back over history, and, and what I'm doing is I'm, look, I'm thinking about cases, and I'm going to need your help on this, I'm thinking about cases where there were no black uh, defendants or subjects involved. One case that comes to mind is Al Capone. How many times did they try to prosecute and arrest Al Capone for murder, racketeering, what have you, but truly because of the scales of justice being blind, they failed to meet the test. I think they ultimately got him with the IRS, but in the criminal environment, they never got Al Capone. I don't think Al Capone was ever charged with a criminal act. Am I right? He was ultimately convicted of income tax evasion and sent, and sent to federal prison. I don't know if he was ever charged with anything any previously. Or yeah, any or, beatings or any of the right. And he, he, right. And he, he probably didn't start his criminal career as the head of a vast crime syndicate. So he, I don't know his record. But ultimately, after he became the head of this big crime syndicate in Chicago. He, they, they got him on income tax evasion when they could never get him, as you said, on the really bad stuff that he was doing. Exactly. And everybody knew he was guilty of sin. But because we respect the, the sanctity, the sanctity, I hope I'm using the right word, the sanctity of our judiciary system, because it's really important. Once we lose faith in that or once it becomes corrupted, I don't see the difference between us and Cuba. So I, I, I am disappointed that Maxine Waters would open her mouth on the eve of deliberation. I, I'm, I'm always disappointed in Joe Biden. I mean, there's, there's not a day I'm not disappointed in him. And then here comes, you know, Obama behind both of them, basically, you know, chiming in, too. We cannot 
allow our faith in this system to continue to be corrupted. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to say this and it may be a little controversial. So this is the opinion of Ken White, host of the Southside Unicorn Show, and doesn't represent the views or opinions of any other. We, dis- we disavow any knowledge of his actions. Good luck, Ken. There we go. Here I, here I go. I'm going, I'm going Southside Unicorn style. Malcolm X said it before I did. And he said that he believes or is concerned that the African-American lacks the, the political maturity to wield the power of the vote. Here we are as a people, and I am African-American for those who may not know that. Here we are as a people kneeling at football games, kneeling at baseball games, kneeling wherever we can to protest injustice. But yet on the day that Chauvin was convicted, everybody in that room jumped up like it was the OJ trial. How are you going to want justice, but yet you just celebrated injustice? Let's make this clear. I do not like Chauvin. I saw that video and I wished I could unsee it, but I can't. Sometimes I play it back and I'm the one on the ground. I'm the one in an unnatural position of looking at a curb as onlookers watch me die. So let's not get that twisted. Chauvin is a dirtbag. He dishonored the badge, in my opinion. But I also believe, because I love this nation, I served under Ronald Reagan, and I understand, I get it. America was made for just and moral people, not dishonest, corrupt hypocrites. So when I saw what happened to Chauvin, when Maxine Waters chimed in, I was hurt and concerned because I wanted this man to get a fair trial. If they had let him go, no different than they did Zimmerman. And that's a whole different subject. But again, one of those case in points. That trial resulted in Zimmerman being let go. And guess what? You don't see me chasing Zimmerman down to exact revenge or justice on him. Our system did its job. The Democrats of, the, of Washington, D.C., or should I say the barricaded Washington, D.C., they chimed in and they cheated us all, including Floyd and Chauvin, out of justice. Well, I think it's, it's part of the larger effort to divide America along racial lines, because if, if Floyd was white, we never would have heard of him. Ever. <laughs> Okay. You would never have heard of this case. Exactly. Um, in fact, I believe, as uh, your, your colleague, uh, Eldersky, Larry Elder, he mentions it a few times. There have been some people who were non-blacks, may have been Filipino, may have been white, who have suffered almost an identical fate as George Floyd. Uh, I don't smell no smoke. Right. And as much as, po- we, we, as, much as possible, we should, we should eschew that kind of thinking. And they're basing our sentiments on tribal loyalties of the skin color of the people involved. And you see this in some of the recent shootings is like the the first question the media wants to ask is, oh, what color were they? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's disgusting. I mean, uh, I have a I have a photo I'll share with you. You might want to use it, you know, as part of this show that we're doing right now. But I made one of my customized memes. Right. And it has. Maxine Waters on one end of the photo. It has Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on the other side of the photo and America burning in the middle. One of them is a liar. Either either Dr. King was mistaken when he said that nonviolence is the right way to go. And Maxine Waters is right that get in their faces, become aggressive, let them know they're not welcome. One of those two ideologies is right. And I guess we're about to find out. I ascribe to nonviolence. I subscribe to judge a person by the content of their character, just like you do. Greg, you're one of the coolest dudes I know next to my, next to my, my brother, Phil Naiman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> your twin brother, <laughs> Phil Naiman. And I, I, when I'm around you all, when I'm in your, when I'm in your presence, I don't, I don't, color doesn't come into play. I've never really even thought about it that way. Oh, that we could have an America, that we could rid ourselves of the Democrats and their cudgel which is race. Yes. And as I, everything, is, everything is focused on that because 
they don't want to try to explain to African Americans who live in Democrat-controlled cities, and this is part, this is part of the answer, gee, why, are, why is the economy so bad here in the city? Why are there so many unemployed men? Why are the school, government-run schools so bad? Why is the general depredation of the streets and the buildings, why are these things so bad, even though we Democrats have been in charge of the city for, for decades? Yep. You know what, Greg? That's one of the things. I became a Republican at age 10 because I watched a show called The Johnny Caution Show. I was a latchkey kid. So, you know, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I was at home a lot. I watched the show called The Johnny Caution Show, and there was a man on there named Governor Ronald Reagan. And as I'm listening to him, the next day I walk around my neighborhood on the south side of Chicago. I used to regret a fire or anything like that because once a building got burnt out, or once it just didn't have tenants in it, it became a haunted house. The windows would eventually break. It would just stagnate. And so when I walked around my neighborhood and I, you know, I saw this stagnation. And then sometimes I would walk into the white neighborhoods. I'd walk downtown. My mom would be like, boy, where you been all day? Because I went walking around Chicago. And I would see other neighborhoods and all of that. They were doing just fine. And it made me ask the question. Why is my neighborhood looking so bad? And the ultimate answer came back. It's the Democrats. And it, it has, it has tr- puzzled many of us and, and troubled many of us as we tried to figure out why that is so and how to, to, to make the case to pe- people that, I mean, we want, our side wants, we want we want good lives for everyone. We want everyone to have the opportunity to climb the ladder of economic success. We want everyone to have an opportunity to have their own home, have a good job, all these things. And we we have large. I mean, Donald Trump did better with African Americans than any any Republican presidential candidate since 1960. And but, but, but it was still like it. but it was still I thought. I was surprised that it was as low as it was because you were seeing polling numbers in 20 plus, 30 plus, even some 40% plus of African-Americans saying approving of President Trump's job performance. So I thought, I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to get better than 20 and maybe he did before, before counting the vote fraud. But, and it's unfair to ask, well, because you're African-American, so therefore you are now, therefore now you are now qualified to speak on behalf of all however many tens of millions of African-Americans are in the country. That's ridiculous. I can't do that, but yeah, let's, let's hear the question. Well, what would you say? So I'm a, I'm, I'm a, if, I'm a, if I'm a Republican candidate, I'm, I'm white. I'm a white Republican candidate. And I wanna, if I want to go into disadvantaged black neighborhoods and say, look at what's happened to you. Look at how the Democrats have been treating you. We want good things for you. We want, we want opportunity. We want to get you on that ladder of economic success. We want, we want safe streets for you. All, these, all the good things that you might see in a, quote, white, unquote, neighborhood. How would, would you advise the candidate to make that case? Oh, boy, Greg. You just, you just uh, threw a hand grenade, but I, I call it a petard because it's going to get us both. Ready? Ready. Here's my answer. Stop trying to put people like, and and this is not your opinion, it's mine. Stop trying to put people like John Cox in front in the political arena. We have felt a breeze, a beautiful breeze from President Donald J. Trump. He caused a vacuum of Latinos with the Lexit. I'm friends with the president and the vice president of Lexit, uh, Blexit the same way. But here's what, what happened, Greg. There are some people who have come on to the Republican Party, our party, and, and, and I'm trying not to sound negative because that's not my style. I've been a Republican for 47 years, you know, along with Herman Cain. Herman Cain was a Republican when it wasn't cool. I, was a, I am a Republican who was one when it wasn't cool. My life was threatened in a barbershop for being a black Republican. But now we have what I call the paparazzi patriots. President Trump being part of Hollywood or a Hollywood-minded vehicle, I think he put too much on these paparazzi patriots. And we got to be very careful because they're really only here for themselves, you know. 
Some of them are. Because if you're going to, you know, address the black community, then you better get up in there. And what I mean by that is these people want to be seen doing stuff, but you don't see anybody really going into the black community and profaning their own safety other than Joe Collins. I got to give it to him. Joe Collins does that. But Greg, the Republican Party is on the prefaces of either blinking out or snuffing out the Democrat Party. Trump, in his genius, he put us in that position. And here comes the litmus test for the party I've claimed for over 47 years. Greg, there are some places that you as a white man, you're not going to be able to go right now. But at the same time, my white brothers and sisters, you better start empowering the Latinos and the blacks who can go in there and get it done. We're not, where's our George Soros? We don't have a George Soros. And that's why our president was robbed of his election because I was trying to get out there and get my voice out there, Greg. I don't want to see no more rallies. Rallies are nice. But it's not who votes that counts. It's who counts the votes that counts. Mm -hmm. We needed to be protecting that vote because, to be honest, I saw some things, Greg, and I'm sure you did too. Who puts paper on a wall, on the windows during an election night? You're going to wall up the windows so I can't see inside? You're going to kick me out? Tell me your, your presence is no longer needed? And we allowed ourselves to be bullied out of our freedom. They weren't, if they weren't cheating, why, wouldn't, why won't they let us watch them count the votes, as like Rush Limbaugh said that? We need to take a break here and hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite, IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And uh, we've had a great conversation with my guest co-host, Ken White, about the the Chauvin case and more broadly about uh, race relations in America today. Uh, we're going to change the we're going to change our subject here. And there was a, another study that came out this week that again showed that this one's published on the National Institute of Health official government website as a peer reviewed study that masks don't work and they cause a whole series of other health problems. And before even getting to the, uh, to the mask part of the study, the, it says it quotes from another, uh, the, the former head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases of the United States, stating that the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 are similar to those of severe seasonal influenza having a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1%. And for that, we shut down the economy, caused massive health damage, as well as economic damage, put tens of millions of people out of work, put millions of businesses out of business. And in other countries, particularly in developing countries, the consequences have been far more severe in terms of this massive economic uh, disruption. Part of what they also told us was, wear a mask, wear a mask. And most people, unfortunately, they dutifully complied. Yet the uh, this, this study, and I'm going to read uh, from, from the conclusion of, of, of the study. The existing scientific evidence challenges the safety and efficacy of wearing face masks as a preventative intervention for COVID-19. The data suggest both, that both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to block human-to-human transmission of viral and infectious diseases such as SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 supporting against the usage of face masks. Wearing face masks has been demonstrated to have substantial adverse physiological and psychological effects. These include hypoxia, hypercapria, 
shortness of breath, increased acidity, toxicity, activation of fear and stress response, rise in stress hormones, immunosuppression, fatigue, headaches, decline in cognitive performance, predisposition for viral and infectious diseases, chronic stress, anxiety, and depression. Long-term consequences of wearing face masks can cause health deterioration, developing and progression of chronic diseases, and premature death on the government website. So all these government officials have been telling us all for a year, wear a face mask, wear a face mask. How many people have been doing that? You see people even riding alone in their own car are wearing a face mask. And of course, those sorts of people don't even need a Joe, Biden's, Joe Biden bumper sticker. We know. <laughs> we know who, the, who, who, who they supported. <laughs> and now the same crowd of people, of course, tells us, yeah, get, a va- get the vaccine which, of course, is not really a vaccine. It's a whole new technology, the experimental technology of manipulating the RNA in the cell to supposedly protect us from coronavirus. And it is, it is still an experimental drug that they're pushing on the entire population, including people that are at virtually no risk from coronavirus. And that is... Not only bad health advice, that's just downright immoral and unethical practice of medicine to say, here, take this experimental drug. You're not at risk. You're not ill. But we, we should take it anyways. It's one thing, right, to try. So you have terminal cancer and all the other medications and treatments haven't worked. But here we have this new experimental drug. Would you like to try it? I got that. Right to try. That makes total sense. But you're running a mass experiment on the entire world of a totally new technology is wrong. And, it sh- and I think, as I've written a number of times, methinks the ruling class doth want everybody to take their experimental vaccine too much. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have, you, have you taken it, Kenny? No. And... uh you know, even though I want my HIPAA law rights respected, uh, I'm not going to. But you know what, Greg, real quick, the symptoms and everything that you explained about wearing a mask prolonged, that mask should be named Chavin because that's pretty much the same thing. I won't digress back into the old segments, but I just wanted to point that out there. But now I also want to say this. We are dealing with a very clever and wicked people. Our president, Donald J. Trump, at the time was dealing with something unimaginable. On my page, you'll see where on March 15th of 2020, I told everybody, whatever you do longer than 30 days with the government will probably never stop. Don't let them make us wear these masks longer than 30 days or it's going to become a problem. Now, they knew what they wanted to do. When I say they will just have to figure it out, don't ask me who they is right now. But they know that President Trump is an honorable person who puts America first, and he was concerned about our safety. So he shut the country down at the behest of what was the wise heads at that time, including uh, Dr. Fausto, a.k.a. Dr. Fauci. Um, But they knew they needed that. Do you remember the movie Die Hard, where they uh, broke into the Nakatomi building? They weren't there to take over prisoners. They needed the FBI to shut the power down so they could get into the safe. Mm -hmm. Well, in collusion with nameless nations right now, because I don't want to become a phobic. Our leftist brothers and sisters in America conspired with people to get our president to shut the grid down so that they could introduce to us a, a, a vaccine that is part and parcel to a bigger plan. You got a guy, and I'm going to say his name because it's facts. His name is Bill Gates. He just became the largest farmland owner in, 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 a, in the world or America. This man had his fingerprints on an idea called population control through vaccines. He is now, like, for whatever reason, very interested in vaccines. That should be enough to give people pause. Something's going on in our country, Greg. I can't put a finger on it just yet, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist. But common sense and a natural level of fear has propagated our species to this point. Right. And we've seen they, they lied about the face masks. 
because this was studied even before coronavirus about whether uh, face masks by the general public prevent viral transmission, and they don't. They don't. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, these are the same people that deny that prevented use of hydroxychloroquine while Trump was in office, but now that Biden's in, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, actually, you know, guess what? Maybe, yes, it can work, particularly early in the disease. And because of that, we... Thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people died unnecessarily because they didn't have access to that cheap and effective drug. So, so now you get people like Bill Gates, who wants to cull, has made quite clear he wants to cull the human population. They're now telling everybody, including those who have no risk. Like if you're under 60 with no health problems, you are at essentially zero risk of coronavirus. You need to get, a, get, that, get their new experimental. So it hasn't gone through all the process. It's experimental vaccine, and that is just wrong. Um, yep. And just you know, the, the, probably one of the best bits of evidence, if you have masks, look on the box of the masks. <laughs> they all say, doesn't prevent viral disease. And some of them even say, doesn't prevent, doesn't prevent COVID. Device. Yeah, says compliance device. So on some of them, I'll show you a picture of it. It says compliance. Yes. And this is all from the uh, famous Mr. Uh, Mr. Fauci. We're going to end here. And someone came up with the perfect word to describe him. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a word from Scotland. He's a, he's a cockwomble. And that means... What it, it's, the heck is that? That's a, it's a noun. It's a person, usually male, prone to making outrageously stupid statements and or inappropriate behavior <laughs> while generally having a very high opinion of their own wisdom and importance. That word was crafted for, for Dr. <laughs> Anthony Fauci. And with that, we're out of time for this week. Thank you, Ken, for being on the show. We'll we'll, we'll have you back. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California, ID number 10126, 5A, Arizona, NMLO license number 092639, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 092537, equal housing opportunity. AM 590, the answer.